Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson, brought to you by Surefire Local. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that is designed to really allow you to spend some time thinking about your business, not just doing the business. What I try to do is I take different topics, topics I see out there in the industry and working with some of the best of the best that I really think really hit a nerve or a chord. They may be opportunities, they may be pain points, but generally speaking, there are really topics that I think really are quite relevant to you. Today, I want to talk about a topic that is really near and dear to my heart, which is focused on my new book that's just been released, Control Your Day Before Your Day Controls You. One of the fundamental differences, I think the most successful and the least successful is, in fact, the ability to control. Control the product, control the process, control the client. But quite frankly, you can't do any of those things until you get control of yourself and you start to think about controlling your day. Once you have that down and you can have control of your own day, the likelihood that you can be successful is much greater. Many years ago, I actually was at a basketball camp, and I remember the coaches teaching you how to keep the ball when you're defending someone in front of you as opposed to having that player or that ball get by you. Once that player gets by you, then you lose control. And once you lose control, chances are they win and score the points. Why that analogy is really quite simple, I think, in today's kind of crazy world where we're juggling so many balls, I think it's still quite relevant that if you can focus on controlling your day, if you can keep the ball in front of you, you're going to be more successful. Now, in my book, I really have so many things that I can't really get into in a short podcast, but I really encourage you to just sort of think about the subject as I tackle a few of the key themes uh, in this recording. The first one is taking control of your day. You've got to understand the difference between reactive time and proactive time. Proactive time is the time that you control, and reactive time is the time that others control you. Now, this is a little bit ambiguous and a little bit of a gray area between the two, but the reality is you can, in fact, I think, quantify the amount of reactive time in your day that others control versus proactive time. Now, one good way to think about it is think about it like a pie chart. Think about it, what percentage of your day is reactive versus proactive? So I encourage you, first of all, as you're listening to this recording, think about what that blend is. Is it 50-50? Is it 60-40? Is it 80-20? Whatever that blend happens to be, I think it's at least taking some inventory of what percentage of your day is reactive versus proactive. Needless to say, the most effective People out there that control their day, get the most accomplished, have success and wins, and quite frankly, feel really good about themselves at the end of the day, have a very, very high percentage of proactive time 
in their day versus reactive time. When I do seminars and workshops on this subject, I usually ask audiences to just take a minute or two and take some inventory and write down the percentages of the two. What I find interesting is that oftentimes people that are doing the same role, whether it's in production, whether it's in sales, whether it's in leadership in a business, the numbers vary pretty dramatically. You might have a person in sales that says that 75% of their day is reactive and you might have the same person sitting across the aisle that's doing the same job that says 75% is proactive. So what you need to do is at least just think about and reflect on the percentage of reactive versus proactive time. Now, in my opinion, the ideal kind of sweet spot in terms of business today and your lives today is about 80-20. It's classic 80-20 rule that 80% is proactive and 20% is reactive. Some people get better and better, maybe inch it up to about 85-15. But I think the reality is normal human beings, we do have things that come up, we have opportunities, things that we need to react to that quite frankly is quite healthy, not necessarily negative. So there's always going to be some percentage of reactive activities. Now, as you think about what this blend is for you, what I want you to do is also think about some of the key sources of reactive activity. The goal here is when it comes to controlling your day before it controls you is start to shift that blend. If that blend is 50-50, you don't want to jump from 50-50 to 80-20. You want to jump from 50-50 to 55-45 and then from 60-40. You want to see incremental improvement. And I think if you can do that, it's almost like uh, going on a diet, just losing a, a, a pound or two every week. It's a healthy kind of approach as opposed to a crash diet or, you know, doing something that potentially can injure you. So there are three primary sources I find, especially in the remodeling business, of reactive activity that you can probably improve upon. The three, I think for most of us, are the clients, the team members, and your family. Now, I'm not going to focus on the family element, but let's talk about the first two. So, When I work with and coach with individuals, leaders, project managers, salespeople, what I try to do is quantify the amount of clients that they're actually involved with and touching on a weekly basis. For example, if you're involved in production, you might have two or three clients that are under construction. You might have two or three clients, the projects are kind of wrapping up and getting towards completion, and then you might have two or three clients that are coming up, moving out of sales into production. So at the end of the day, maybe it's a total of about somewhere between five and ten clients that are pretty active. This number could be higher or lower. It doesn't really matter. However, you do need to try to quantify the number of clients that you have. The next step, what I encourage people to do, is on Monday morning when they're starting to plan their day and plan their week, what I want you to do is take a list of these 5 to 10 clients, and I want you to reach out to them proactively to try to set up some sort of question, some sort of 
time to talk or some sort of time to meet. For example, if it's a project under construction, you might reach out to Mary and John. Mary and John, I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, why? I'm sure that there's some loose ends of questions, issues that you want to talk about. I'll be out at your home tomorrow at 12 o'clock. How about if we sit down with your list, my list, and we'll go through those together? So what you're doing is you're kind of setting the stage for proactiveness rather than waiting for the client to react. If the client doesn't have any particular issues, you might just throw out the question and just say, you know, it would be great for us to catch up this week. Can you shoot me a couple of times that might be good to set a conference call? Again, you're proactively setting that up rather than having to react to their question that comes up. You're not going to find that all 10 of these clients are going to adopt to you wanting to be proactive. However, three or four of the 10 I've found will, in fact, uh, acquiesce to your desire to have that. Three or four are going to probably react, uh, not even need to speak to you, so that'll kind of vaporize on you. And then there's going to be two or three at the end, quite frankly, that are going to still want to react and control it with you. The bottom line is what I've just done or what you've just done is you've taken the majority of those folks and moved them to the proactive side. So now if your reactive versus proactive plan is 50-50, you've just shifted it from 60-40. And by doing that, I think you're going to find a lot less stress. The second source of reactive activity when it comes to controlling your day that's really critical is your team members. Oftentimes, we're interrupted. Oftentimes, we're asked questions. Oftentimes, we have fires that are put out. Now, our immediate reaction and tendency to be a good team member is to drop what we're doing and be able to help that person. While that may make sense kind of intellectually, I think generally speaking, it does not allow you to have control, does not allow you to think clearly about their particular problem, but also it gets you a little bit annoyed and frustrated, and it may take away what you're trying to accomplish that day. So what I would encourage is when you have those things happen, I would say to that person who asks you a particular question or has wants to discuss something with you, try to set a time a little bit later that day, not the next day, but a little bit later that day that you can actually carve out. You might say, John, would it be okay if I grabbed you in about an hour, say one o'clock, and then we can look at this together? It looks like it'll only take about 10 to 15 minutes, so if we can carve out that time, I'd love to be able to help you. Again, it's respectful, it's professional, but at the same time, you're controlling the dynamic, not necessarily letting it control you. So similar to my kind of ratio when it comes to clients, probably about a third of the time, they're going to say yes. A third of the time, they're going to have fires that really need attention, and about a third of the time, quite frankly, they're going to solve it themselves. So what you've just done is seen some dramatic change in terms of now you have more proactive activity, not reactive activity. So again, as you think about this, I've just improved it. Now I'm moving it from 60-40 to 70-30. And at the end of the day, I think that's really what it's about. It's about shifting this tide to being more proactive than reactive. I think another key element when it comes to understanding time is the whole notion of being efficient versus 
effective. You know, I think what's happened with the technologies sort of changes and certainly the demographic changes out there that I think oftentimes we're not asking ourselves enough questions. You know, is this the most effective way that I need to do something? Is this the most efficient? At the end of the day, you certainly want both, but you do not want efficiency at the expense of being effective. For example, you know, it may not be the right thing to do to send someone an email or text as opposed to pick up the phone. It may require more setting up a time for face-to-face to be more effective when you're trying to address certain things. But I think the more that you're asking yourself the right question when it comes to being efficient versus effective, I think that in itself is a step in the right direction. The other area of understanding time is thinking about cadence and the right pace of time. You know, many years ago, I thought about this as it related to when I would talk to people about getting projects done or when projects would be signing and those kind of things. And oftentimes, you know, I'm looking for more of a bullseye, so to speak, as opposed to trying to ask a general theme. Are we looking at this the right way? So I developed a theme that I say would ask a person, is this aggressive but realistic in terms of a time frame? You know, aggressive means that it's got to have a little bit of an edge. Realistic means that it takes into account other factors that might come into play, other interruptions and just life in general. So if you can find a way to find the right cadence, the right pace, and a realistic expectation in terms of how long certain things should take, I think your understanding of time and having more control over time. You know, the right pace and cadence, I think, also applies when it comes to telephone calls and meetings and those kind of things. I think oftentimes we're trying to rush things so quickly, we don't take that extra few minutes, that extra five minutes to get into conversations, that that's where oftentimes the crown jewels. You know, there's been a tremendous amount of change when it comes to time. This has been driven by certainly technology. You know, the notion of having a lot of extra free time today is just, quite frankly, kind of vaporized on us. We're all so, so busy. So I think as you think further about this whole discussion about controlling your day before it controls you, it really is all about why do you want to take control? Why do you want to take it to the next level? You know, I usually ask that question from individuals or groups. And what I find is there's many, many whys behind it. One of them is about reducing stress. I think most of us are a little bit stressed out. You know, I think stress is oftentimes a product of overwhelm. There are too many variables that are involved. Matter of fact, many years ago, I had a psychologist come on my radio show, and that's really what he talked about. He said stress and remodeling projects really are a product of proliferation and overwhelm of choices. And I happened to be at a Harvard meeting soon after that, and they actually shared in this meeting that in a three-year recent period of time, more products been developed from home improvement and home remodeling than the last hundred years. So as you really think about these, the variables, the balls that everyone is juggling is creating a level of stress that's right, that, that's quite difficult. I think another element when it comes to uh, the, the why behind it is that if you have more control of your day, you're going to ultimately accomplish more. You're going to keep more promises. Think about the number of times that you just didn't 
keep a promise and you put something back. You know, promises are all about creating respect and trust. And if you're breaking promises, maybe not because you're intending, because you're a bad person, but you're breaking promises just because you don't have control, then that's certainly not positive either. You know, having control over your day also allows you to think about more medium and long-term things. I think what's happened over the last 10 or 15 years where we used to think, I think, and dream and fantasize about longer-term kind of things, so much of it's so busy today, we're focusing on the here and now, we're really not spending time really focusing on, you know, what is next month, what does next year look like? You know, and I think having at least some amount of time and some control over your day, you can weave that in, I think, certainly into your discussion. I think another element of having control over your day, it allows you to invest a little bit of time into yourself. It allows you to literally make appointments to yourself to improve. You know, I actually have an exercise that, you know, every week I'll have two or three appointments to myself, literally blocking out on my calendar two or three times a week to focus on a subject that I want to improve upon. It might be about a technology. It might be about a product. It might be about some sort of skill that I think it's really important for me to spend a little bit of time improving upon myself if I want to be successful. So I think having more control of your day is really critical, but also I think knowing what the why is behind it will really allow you to look at the possibilities. Now, in my book, Control Your Day Before Your Day Controls You, one of the things that's a big part of that book is actually developing a time mastery system. And this time mastery system not only allows you to take inventory of your time, but it also gives you a tool that you can plan your day on a daily basis. Now, my friends at Surefire certainly will have access to my books, but you can get these obviously from through Amazon and other sources if you have an interest. But most importantly, whether it's this system or another system, once you have a big enough why, once you understand time, once you make it more of a priority, you can actually control time just like you can control anything else. While we're all given 24 hours in a day, the difference between the most successful and the least successful in, in large part is what you do with those 24 hours a day, how you leverage them, invest them, the efficiencies and the effectiveness uh, that you have within that period of time. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening to this little podcast. I encourage you as actions to this that you would actually reach out reach out either to my book or another sources in terms of time mastery. You know, think about some of those key things we've talked about. You know, think about efficiency versus effectiveness. At a minimum, ask yourself the question. Think about the amount of proactive versus reactive time. You know, if you're finding a tremendous amount of reactive time, then you're probably pretty stressed out and not accomplishing things. Think about the pace and the cadence of your meetings and, and how you're doing different kinds of things. And also just appreciate, you know, this is not a product of you. This is a product of also the environment and how things have changed. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast today. And I hope that you have all the best and are very successful in when it comes to mastering your time. Take care, everyone. 
Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Local. For more podcasts, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast.